This is Pastor Eric Love. I want to thank you for tuning into today's podcast. God told Joshua that if he meditated on the word and obeyed it, that he would make his way prosperous and that he would have good success. My prayer is that as you meditate on this word that you're about to hear and apply it to your life, that you too will find good success. Blessings on you and enjoy this word from the Lord. us to be fat full amen god wants us to be full with his word so that so that when god needs to use or pull a word out of us there will be plenty of word for him to get out of us amen because there's plenty of word in us now um so so i want to i want i want to talk to you today i want to talk to you today now now i want you to get this um um, our ministry, Church on Purpose, has three facets, three major facets. Everybody say three facets. I want to talk to you about the three facets of ministry. I'm only going to do, I'm only going to talk about one facet of ministry today, but Church on Purpose has three facets. Here is facet number one. We will have what's called an upreach ministry. We will have an inreach ministry and we will have an outreach ministry. Let me say that again. We will have an upreach ministry. We will have an inreach ministry and we will have an outreach ministry. So take your right hand and do this with me. We'll have an upreach ministry. Everybody say upreach ministry. We'll have an inreach ministry and we'll have an outreach ministry. Okay, you guys are doing good. Y'all take command well. Do it one more time. Upreach ministry, inreach ministry. And outreach ministry. Glory to God. Y'all already got it. Amen. That's half the lesson already. So I want you to consider that. So everything that we do, everything that we do uh, with Church on Purpose is either going to be connected to upreach, inreach, or outreach. Y'all got it? Everything that we do is going to be connected to what? Upreach, inreach, outreach. You got it. Everything that we do is going to be connected to one of those facets, one of those aspects of ministry. Today, I only want to talk about upreach. Everybody say upreach. I only want to talk about upreach ministry today. Glory to God. Um, look at, look at, look at Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Look down at verse number 38. Luke chapter 10, verse number 38. We're talking about the upreach aspect or the upreach facet of our ministry. The upreach portion. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The upreach portion. Uh, and it says, uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 says, Now it happened as they went that he, meaning Jesus, entered a certain village and a certain woman, what was her name? Somebody shout it out. Her name was Martha. She welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister. What was her sister's name? Yell it out. Her sister's name was Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet. And what did she do? Yell it out. She heard his word. But Martha was, what was she? Yell it out. She was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me, huh? That kind of sounds a little familiar for some of y'all. Tell her to help me. Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. You are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. I want to talk to you this morning about our first ministry. I want to talk to you about our first 
ministry. Uh, when, when we look at the life of Jesus, and I was considering Jesus and considering what God is doing here on purpose, and I, I was considering and I asked myself, what was Jesus's first ministry? Who was his first ministry to? If I were to ask you, who was Jesus's first ministry to, what would you say? Yell it out. What would you say? What would you say? Yell it out. Disciples. I heard disciples. Somebody else. What would you say his first, his first ministry was to? Adam and Eve. Wow. Glory to God. We got to go back and do some Bible teaching. Hallelujah. Those who were lost. Watch this. Then some of the things that you guys are saying is what I thought as well. I thought that Jesus's first ministry was to people. Because in scripture, um, a scripture spends a lot of time talking about Jesus as he's interacting with people. But people was not Jesus's first ministry. Jesus's first ministry was to God. Whenever Jesus woke up in the morning, the Bible says that Jesus was oftentimes found stealing away and praying to God. Did you know that Jesus got up every morning and ministered to God? He got up every morning, so his first ministry was a ministry to God. Now here is, here is where we can't, where we can't get off track as a church. Um, although we will minister to people, and although we will help the poor, and we will help feed the hungry, and we will help clothe the naked, and we're gonna do those things as a church, we cannot lose track of what our first ministry is. Our first ministry is always to God. That is the upreach ministry. Many churches, many churches, many organizations start out and they start out running well, but they wind up forgetting about the first ministry. You do remember in Revelation chapter 2 um, when when uh, God spoke to the angel of the church at Ephesus and he tells them, he tells the angel at the church of Ephesus, he said, listen church, he said, you guys are doing a great job. Y'all hate evil and y'all embrace that which is good. He said, you're running well and you're doing a lot of good things but in Revelation chapter 2 he tells the church at Ephesus all you're doing a lot of good things but I have one out against you. He said the one thing that I look at and I found you're lacking is that you have forgotten your first love. You've forgotten the upreach ministry. Yes, we're going to have inreach and yes, we're going to have outreach but the first ministry we've got to have is the upreach ministry. First ministries, we've got to learn how to minister to God. The Bible says in the book of Samuel said that the boy Samuel ministered to God. The boy Samuel ministered to the Lord. Now we're going to talk about what that means in just a few moments. But matter of fact, the Bible says that when Samuel was young, that Samuel was in his room and he started to hear a voice. So he gets up, he goes to the priest Eli. He says to Eli, he says, he says, sir, you've called me. Eli said, I didn't call you, son. Go lay back down. Samuel goes and lays back down. He hears the voice again. He gets up, goes back to Eli and he says, Eli, I, I hear you call him. And Eli said, son, I didn't call you. Go lay back down again. He comes a third time and says, Eli, I keep hearing this voice. It sounds I believe you're calling me. Eli tells him, says, son, that's not me calling. That must be the Lord calling you. Glory to God. He said, this time when you go lay down, I want you to say, Lord, your servant heareth. So listen to what I'm saying to you. God's been calling you you and God's been pulling you and God's been trying to speak to you but some of you watch this God's been dialing your number it's just time for you to answer the phone will you pick it touch your name and say you better answer the phone when God calls you 
You better answer the phone when God calls you. There are a lot of people ministering in the house of God, but are not enough, not enough people are ministering to the Lord of the house. A lot of people are ministering in the house, but we're not ministering to the Lord of the house. We're not taking the time to say, God, listen, you're my first ministry. I love my wife, but God's my first ministry. You love your husband, but God has to be your first ministry. You love your children, but God has to be your first ministry. Thank God for your little job, but God has to be your first ministry. And we have to learn how to do upreach before we can never do in-reach or outreach. God has to be our first ministry. We've got to learn how to minister to God. Many times we get up in the morning and we hit the ground running and, and we leave and we never spend the time ministering to God. And sometimes we say we're too tired and too sleepy. I, I was talking to a young lady the other day. Uh, I went to a store and, and I asked, I said, do you go to church? And she said, she said, no, sir, I don't go to church. I said, why do you not go to church? She says, well, I'm too tired to go to church. She said, I work six days a week and I'm too tired to go to church. And I said, listen, baby, listen, you're going to go to church one way or another. Either you're going to walk in on your own cord or they're going to push you in that little box but one day you're going to go honey so listen you better learn how to go now on your own so people don't have to walk roll you in when you get out of here our first ministry has to be a ministry to God and so as a church we've got to learn how to minister to God we got to learn how to love God we've got to learn what service to God means. I, I like this story. I like the story talking about upreach ministry. I like the story where Jesus was now um, the town, the village. Uh, this was a village in Bethany. He gets there and uh, uh, there was a certain woman. A certain woman by the name of Martha. Her and Mary were there together. And they knew that Jesus was in town. They knew Jesus, Jesus was in town and so uh, they decided they were going to make an abode for him. Many scholars believe that this is somewhere Jesus turned in often and Jesus oftentimes came and he oftentimes went there to hang out with Mary and Martha. Uh, but he gets there and so now uh, we see uh, we see this whole this whole dichotomy about ministry beginning to unfold uh, we, we see uh, Mary and Martha they, they they love Jesus and they they welcome him into the house Jesus comes into the house and just like you and I you would make him feel welcome he came in and they made him feel real welcome uh, they, they gave him a good seat and they they let him sit down and he comes in and he's asking can I do anything thing can I help and they said no Jesus we just want you to sit down Jesus we just want you to come in and we just want you to have a seat glory to God can I tell somebody in this room that listen when God it comes near you've got to open up the door and you've got to let him in you've got to invite Jesus in if you're going to do upreach ministry you've got to learn to invite Jesus in what does that mean that means when you're arguing with your spouse learn how to stop and invite Jesus in my wife and I we've learned when we get to arguing and we can't find a, a solution we've learned how to stop the one of us that has the most sense at that moment because <laughs> it vacillates it goes back and forth sometimes sometimes she had the most sense sometimes I have the most sense but whoever has the most sense at that moment we've learned to stop and say, hold up, let's pray. We're not going anywhere. We're both upset. We're both angry. Watch this. Let's invite Jesus in. 
and we've learned to grab hands and, and we mad each other. Glory to God. But we've learned to go forehead to forehead and we've learned to invite Jesus in. See, what happens is, what happens is there are rooms in your house that you don't want Jesus to come in. Y'all know y'all got the guest room, then y'all got the rest of the house. Glory to God. Y'all got the good bathroom and then you got the bathroom with all that hair in the sink. Y'all might as well say amen to me. Glory to God. Listen, Jesus don't want to just come in the guest room. Jesus want to want you to, when he walks in the house, he wants you to open up all the doors and open up all the pantries. And he wants you to open up all the bathroom. He don't want to be the Lord of the living room. He wants to be the Lord of the whole house. God wants you to open up the whole house to him. They invited him in. They invited him in. They, they invited him in. And, and, and they were there. They were preparing. Because you know why this? Because Jesus wasn't traveling alone. Jesus had 12 other men with him. He had his disciples with him. So he was not by himself. But he was there. He was in the house. And there was a lot of work that needed to be done. Because now we got to set the table for 13 men. Plus Mary and Martha. There was a lot of food that needed to be cooking. The dressing was still in the stove. And the chicken still needed to be deboned. Somebody to know what I'm talking about. The banana pudding was cool enough. They didn't get the vanilla wafers on time. We had to send to go get the vanilla wafers. Come on. The bananas start to rotten, so we gotta go get some new bananas. There's a whole bunch of stuff that's gotta happen as, as Jesus, as they're preparing to feed Jesus and disciples and, and, and one of them is working their fingers to the bone. One of them is working. One of them is working tirelessly. One of them working. Glory to God. One of them's working. Glory to God. Watch this. Watch this. Both of them are worshiping. Let me say it like this. Both of them are ministering. But ministry has a couple of different definitions. Glory to God. One definition of the word ministry is the Hebrew word shereth. Uh, the word shereth means to serve. It means to wait on them. It means to continue to serve and continue to do. That is an aspect of ministry. An aspect of ministry is to serve and is to go and to do and to, and to be mean. That's an aspect of ministry. Aspect of ministry is to serve. And Martha has chosen Shereth. Martha has chosen to worship him by doing something. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You, now you know worship gets bad. Ministry gets bad when you're trying to minister. But then you're looking around at everybody else. Who ain't doing anything. Glory to God. There's a danger. When you take your eyes. Off of what you supposed to be doing. And you start looking at what everybody else. Not doing. Learn how to do. What you're supposed to do. And stop worrying about what everybody, what everybody else has got going on. Learn how to do what God called you to do. Martha chose Shereth. She chose. To ministry. Ministry by service. Ministry by doing. And guess what? There, there are times in our lives when we're going to choose Shereth. 
I serve is a Shereth ministry. I serve is a ministry where we go out and we serve and we do and we, we help people. That's a, that's a ministry of doing. But wait a minute. There's also another aspect of ministry. Another aspect of ministry is the Hebrew word Ahmad. The word uh, Ahmad means, watch this, to stand. It means to abide. It means to continue. means to remain, to tarry, or to stay with. There's another aspect of ministry that means to stay in God's presence. To be there for a while. It means to wrestle with him. It means not to, it was just, it means to get up in the middle of the night just to spend some time with him. It means to labor with the Lord. Watch this. Many people don't mind Shereth. We don't mind the service part of ministry, but not enough of us, not enough of us take the time to do the Ahmad aspect of ministry. Spending time with him. Sitting at his feet. Some of you, you're looking on stage and some of you see yourself. The Bible says that Martha was so distracted by much serving. Sometimes your serving can be a distraction. I wish I could preach to somebody right there today. Sometimes your serving can become You're doing good, but in your doing good, it has become a distraction. Yeah, you're serving well, but your serving has become a distraction. How do you know when your serving has become a distraction? It's because when you start feeling like you're being burned out. When you start feeling like throwing in the towel, when you start feeling like giving up, when you start feeling like I need to be doing something different, I need to go somewhere else, that's when you, when you know that your, your ministry has become a distraction. There's a danger in allowing your ministry to become a distraction. Glory to God. How can being an usher become my distraction? How can working in the sound room become my distraction? When you get to where you feel like nobody else can do it but you. Your ministry has become a distraction. When, when you try to let somebody else do it and you feel like they didn't do it like you could do it. And you, you could have done a little bit better. Your ministry has become. There's a danger in allowing your ministry to become a distraction. Martha is serving, but her own ministry has become a distraction. She's distracted by much serving. You got a good job, but your job has got you distracted. You got some good kids, but your kids have become your greatest. Your greatest distraction. God bless you with a good job, but now your job has become your greatest distraction. And and Martha does what what any typical person would do uh, when she's she's distracted and now she's frustrated. Ministry now has got her frustrated, so now she starts to verbalize what she has already internalized. Glory to God. You know your ministry has become a distraction. When you open your mouth and you talk about it, all you hear is negative. 
all you can talk about is the negative aspect of what didn't happen and what should have happened and what could have happened different. Now your ministry has become a distraction. Out of all the good things that's taking place in ministry, out of all the wonderful things that's taking place, all you notice is that one word was spelled wrong. Come on, y'all better talk back to me in here. I'm t- Listen, what I'm saying is don't allow your ministry to become a... Listen, let me say it like this. Don't you let church on purpose become a distraction for you. Don't you let it be a distraction. Don't you let it distract you from your upreach ministry. Don't you let it distract you from praying on your own. Watch this. Don't you let pastor love become a distraction for you. Don't you get so comfortable coming in here and feasting on this word and eating the word that you stop feeding yourself at home. Don't you get so lazy that you just come to church to be fed. But when you go home, you don't feed yourself. Learn how to feed yourself when you get to the house. Don't let pastor love become a distraction for you. Many times, ministry, ministry becomes, becomes a distraction. Always be mindful of your upreach ministry. Always be mindful. Always to look up. When you, even when you at your lowest learn how to look up. If God takes you to the top of the mountain, learn how to look up. When God takes you down in the valley, learn how to look up. Always look toward the hills, knowing that I help. Come from the Lord. She started now to, to verbalize what she had already internalized. And she goes to Jesus and she says, she cries out to him and she says, Jesus. I'm over here working. I'm trying to serve you and all of these disciples. And look at my sister. My sister is not doing anything. And you letting her sit there. Sometimes you feel like you're doing all the work. Everybody else just sitting around doing nothing. You feel like you're the only one working and you're the only one getting tired. And she said, she said, Jesus, make Martha, make Mary, get up. Make her come help me. Make her come help me. I'm tired of doing all the work. By myself. Now, now wait a minute. 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 Wait a minute. Hold up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That was. She's she's looking. She's looking at Mary. And she's looking at Jesus. But what y'all don't see. Is. Those were not the only three. That was in the house. <laughs> that was 12. Big old strong. Mustard. Oh, they didn't have the old back in them days. Come on. Go to the Middle East. They'll prove it to you. was 12 (laughs) other men who was in the room if she really 
wanted to get something done. God sent her more than enough help. Many times, ministry becomes a distraction because you fail to look around and to see that God has sent you some help. But you become so stuck on one person doing it all, one person helping you, that you forget that God has sent you more than enough help. Look out from among you and see that God has sent you more than enough. Can I bring this down a little bit closer to where you live? Stop washing them dishes yourself and teach them kids how to get in that kitchen and wash them dishes. Come on, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Teach them kids how to fold clothes. Teach them how to separate laundry. Come on, y'all better talk back to me. You in there working your fingers to the bone while they're in there playing Madden. And now you're mad at them because you have yet to look around. Teach them. Buy them a little step of stool. Let them step up on that stool. And let them sit there and wash dishes. Teach them how to wash. The best thing they could have invented for little boys was a little bubble more. Stop buying them all them video games. Buy them a little bubble more. Buy her an easy bake oven. Come on, man. Y'all might as well say, man, that's why you, see that, see that's why some of y'all taking all these pills, taking all this medicine, your kids in there, ain't nothing wrong with your kids, but you about to lose your mind. She didn't see all the help. It was 12 men in the room. Can you imagine Jesus saying, wait a minute, you don't, darling, you don't understand. Sick, wait a minute. Martha, Martha. She said, he said, you're so, you're troubled about so much. You're troubled about so much. He said, he said, Mary has chosen Ahmad. Both of you guys are ministering, and I'm almost through. Both of you guys are ministering, but Mary has chosen the best part. The best part of ministry is not what we do in this room. The best part of ministry is not what we're going to do on fifth Sundays. The best part of ministry. Martha, get over there and sit down. Martha, mean little something. Ain't she? <laughs> Here's the question. I'm closing. Here's the question. Here's the question. How many of us look like this? How many of us are willing to spend time with Ahmad? Willing to spend time 
stayed in his presence. Seated at the feet of Jesus. Listening to him and praying to him. Spending time fasting and spending time in prayer. Spending time with God. Staying in his presence. Not not rushing out the door and not rushing to the next meeting and not rushing to the next conference and not rushing to pay the next bill. But no, no, just spending some time. Just to be in his presence. Number one, she invited him in. Number two, she chose to stay in his presence. Look at me, saints of God. Too many times, too many times we run in and out of God's presence. Sin takes us out of the presence of God. It doesn't separate us from his love, but it does separate you from his presence. Many times we go in and out of God's presence. And you know what? God wants us. God wants us to have that state of unbroken worship with him. You know what that is? That's a mod. That means that means that here's what God is saying to us as a church. Our first ministry has got to be upreach. So you know what? You know what that means for me? That means I've got to teach. And that means our ministers are going to be teaching and we're going to be helping you to know how to connect to God. I sent out a message a few weeks ago and and I want to start answering some of your Bible questions. So if you have a Bible question, just I want you to send it to that Remind Me app, the app that you guys get with all the church updates. Because, listen, I want to help you connect. We're going to help you connect to God. We're going to help you in the upreach ministry. We want all of you to be able to connect with God in such a way that you feel his presence. Watch this, not just in church. I, we, I, I want you, to, I want you to, to be so in love with God that when something comes on TV that's offensive, you know what you do? You turn off. You know why? Because I, I want to keep his presence. See, I remember back in the day, this don't happen as much now, but I remember back in the day when they would invite preachers to come to the house. They would invite preachers to come to the house and, and they'd make sure that everything was right. They'd make sure everything was right. They'd make sure everything was set when the preacher was coming to the house. They made, they made sure that there was nothing that was, go, that was going to cause his, his presence to be provoked. Shame on us for making greater provision for man than we make for God. The eyes of the Lord are in every place. He's beholding the good. And the evil. Here's, 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 where we, here's where we should be. Seated at his feet. Attentive to his word. Not only did she invite him in. Not only did she stay in his presence. But lastly. She heard. She heard. She was taught by Jesus. Listen. Now. You got to determine which are you. Are you are you like Martha? No, really. Have you become disgruntled? Have has has something that happened to you somewhere else caused you to become disgruntled? And now now you become kind of angry at people. Listen, we say all things work together for good. Well, if you mean that, then why are you tripping? So sometimes, sometimes if you don't move in God's timing, God just gives you a little push. That's all he does. But listen, 
Are you like Mary? Which are you? Are you Martha? Are you Mary? Will you stand all over the house? Our first ministry is upreach. I want to teach you how to connect to God. Teach you how to be in love with him. Hallelujah. Teach you how to spend time with him. Spend time in God's presence. We don't spend enough time in the presence of the Lord. We don't spend out of the, we're not enough. We don't spend enough time in prayer and we don't spend enough time. M- many of us, some of you are doing a great job. If you're doing a great job, continue on. I don't like making blanket statements. Some of you are doing an amazing job spending time with God. But just in case, there's one or two of you in here that say, Pastor Love, man, listen, I know I can do better. I want to be like Mary. I want to sit at Jesus' feet and I want to learn of him. I want to learn my, my purpose. What if, what if when she was seated there, seated there, what if Jesus was explaining her purpose? Helping her to understand the reason why God created her. Wouldn't that be amazing? Would you want to leave? I know I wouldn't. God's revealing that to me. Will you bow and let's pray, Father? Thank you, Lord God, for your revealed word.